Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump Podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Tired. Ah, So tired. How are you? I'm okay. I had that thing this morning where I sort of kept waking up from probably like, you know, seven o'clock onwards, but in a nice kind of way, whereas where, where I was conscious enough to appreciate the fact that I was lying in bed sort of half asleep you know Mm. like you can't appreciate being asleep when you're asleep because you're asleep but I was awake and I appreciated it that's true I like that I I don't mind that uh pardon my French tossy and turny yeah sleep when you're in bed and it's like you check that you don't you don't have to get out of bed straight away when you wake up yeah but it's it's like yeah this is fine I'm feeling Mm. comfortable I'm not feeling. Warm. I'm not looking at the the clock because I'm stressed about oversleeping something. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty good sleep. It was good. Yeah, sorry to sorry to boast, given that you're so tired. No, that's fine. I just couldn't get to sleep. I had lots of issues getting to sleep, and then I woke oh, up a few times this morning. And then I, when I did wake up, I felt like a an actual literal zombie. Oh, how spooky. Uh, I mean, we are recording this just before Halloween. So. You are correct. This is technically our Halloween episode, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I totally forgot until right now. <laughs> Most of our questions are spook-related. In fact, I think all of them are mm, spooky yeah. gaming-related questions. Um, and uh, yes, this is a video game podcast. We get a sponsor each and every week, don't we? We do indeed, yeah. And it's real. And... Uh... Ben has got an ad read to read right now. I certainly have. Uh, This is actually a relevant spooky-related advert. Mm. Uh, This is uh, this week. We are sponsored by a special edition Xbox that's coming soon. Oh, fantastic! And it's called the Xbox Series X. Oh, oh, that's that's scary. That's really scary. That is right. Uh, It's spelled X is spelled E X as in X. Your ex. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and it's a spooky Halloween ad- console edition mm. that makes the sound of one of your ex-partners whenever you uh, eject a disc or turn it on. Oh, jeez. You know? 
What, what kind of sound? Like I don't know, just something or... that... Yeah, just their voice. Not not necessarily saying something horrible or spooky. It's just sort of just a, menta- a bit, yeah, a bit mentally and emotionally draining to hear it, where it's like, oh, man, I really could have done without hearing that now. Do they today. do different different versions that, like... It's a bit like in Silent Hill, how the, the monsters are tailored to your own fears. Like, mm. they do somewhere that you press the eject button and... She says things like, I still love you. Or, <laughs> or if that's what's really going to get you. Or like you press the button and she goes like, I'm so glad I'm rid of you. I'm I'm, I'm banging away with someone else now. See, I could handle that because that wouldn't bother me. And the the I still love you one, that would that I think that would be more weird than yeah. scary. I think it's just a constant reminder. If it was just, hello, my name is name of ex-partner and it'll be yeah. like oh man i just want to play some gears of war you know mm. i don't want to be wow. hearing that so that's the spookiest edition xbox coming it's the xbox series x as in ex as in ex-partner mm-hmm. uh, or girlfriend or boyfriend or other and uh, and you'll be able to buy it uh t- today i suppose oh wow brilliant why okay. not well, I, I won't be. That sounds horrible. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think they really thought this through. I don't know if there's a market for a console that emotionally punishes you every time fact, you turn it on. In fact, for one of the first times ever with a sponsor that we've had on this show, I almost hope that that one is fake. Oh well, I'm, I mean, it's real. It's totally wow. real. Uh, where are we walking this week, Peter? Only joking. <laughs> oh, oh, <you> really <laughs> no, got that's me there. not real. It's not real. Our real sponsors obviously are over at Patreon dot com forward slash team triple jump where for as little as one dollar per month that's about 25 american cents per week you can get access to the podcast not only supporters obviously but you can get access to the podcast post and submit questions to this podcast that we will answer we have other tiers available and your financial support really does help us because we rely on youtube and youtube is crap it demonetizes us for stupid things and then videos we've been working on for ages, we don't make any money off them. It's like, well, that was a complete waste of bloody time, wasn't it, YouTube? Oh, my God. You really got a bone to pick with that there, YouTube. Oh, spooky skeleton bone. A spooky bone, bone yeah. Spooky bone. Um, where are we walking this week, though, Peter? Somewhere spooky? This week we're walking across a full-size picture of one of Editor James's exes. Um, <laughs> just, just a photo of her face. Okay, I'm editing um, this one, so I'll have to, I'll have oh, to okay. call him on right. his day off. Yeah. And ask for a photo of for one of his, of his ex. <laughs> which I'm sure his lovely partner would be thrilled about mm. that he still has access to somewhere. Maybe just some eggs then. Just, just some across, what, Hall- eggs famous shelves. Halloween eggs. Eggs, eggs, yeah. Oh, I see. Mm. Okay. I'm yeah. going to Google Halloween eggs and I'll use that image that's almost okay. certainly uh, copyrighted. And we'll, mm. see. we'll see how far we go with that. Okay, question one, Peter. Who have we got? Question one is from Dan Scott, two first names. He says, hello, Peter and Ben. It actually says, hello, Ben and Peter, but I got a bit mixed up. Oh, my goodness. That's okay. You can editorialize. Hope you guys are having a spooky time. I find it fascinating that after nearly 25 years, Resident Evil and Silent Hill are still leading the way when it comes to being king or queen of horror. And in my opinion, only Dead Space has proven to be a challenger to the throne. Sure, games like The Evil Within, Until Dawn, FNAF, and Outlast have been successful, but I don't feel like any of them 
can claim to be as iconic as the old boys. Do you think it's a struggle for newer horror franchises to leave their mark? And were we spoiled with how fantastic Resident Evil and Silent Hill were back in the 90s? Love you both. Oh, we love you too, Dan <laughs> love you, Scott. Love you too, Dan and Scott. The two, yeah, both the two men stacked on top of each other in a mm, trench coat. In a big trench coat so they can get into the... 15 plus films yeah, at the, the cinema go see dodgeball at the cinema so they can go and buy a copy of resident evil yes <laughs> yeah um, absolutely we were we we were spoiled weren't we we were spoiled i think that's definitely the case um and i do think we were particularly we were spoiled by resi and silent hill i think what's maybe important to to bear in mind is that you know some people might say ah oh, well you know they just happen to be the first kind of uh you know, spooky spooky horror games on a 3D console, and that's why they've stuck. And anyone really who'd done a half-decent horror game would have had the same thing if they'd got in there first. But, I mean, there is other stuff from the time that hasn't stuck in the same way. You know, um, Dino Crisis, for example. I know they're not typically horror um, enemies. They're not, like, sort of ghoulish monsters, but they it certainly... It was uh, marketed under panic horror rather than survival horror. That mild, that mild horror. Yeah, um, and uh, you know there are there are other games from the time that uh, I mean I can't even think of now because uh, Resi and Silent Hill were so good, and that is why they've stuck. I don't think it's just a case of oh well they were the first ones on on PS One, so that's why. I don't think that's I don't think that's true. Mm. Um, I think there is something to be said for their quality as much as. Uh, right place, right time. Um, yeah, but uh, I mean, nowadays, yeah, I, I, it probably is the case. I would say that it maybe is harder for newer horror franchises to come along. I think for a start, a lot of things have been done now. You know, it's it's quite hard to be innovative in horror. I think the ones that Dan Scott mentioned, you know, some of those um, maybe have left more of an impression recently than others because they were trying something new. You know, um, Five Nights at Freddy's is quite a unique game. Whether you whether we like it or not, or you like it or not, whatever, like, it's got, it's got a USP. Um, you know, Outlast as well. I know it's not the first game ever to have uh, a, a camera thing or you can't attack the, the enemy's mechanic in it, but uh, it certainly used those things very well. So, um... Yeah, I think nowadays they really have to have a USP, whereas maybe the one thing that Resi and Silent Hill and maybe a couple of other games since then in the early days had uh, in their favour was that not a lot of things had been done yet on console, so you could kind of, you could do a zombie game or a vampire game or a werewolf game and it would probably be, uh, you know, fairly well received because it would be the first one of that kind, um, certainly on on the 3D console anyway. That's a really good point. That's that's mm. a very good point that I didn't even consider. Yeah, they they were they were trailblazers. Yeah, as you as you say, you know they they did all this stuff for the first time. Nowadays in games, there are so many tropes that do not elicit the emotion that I think the developers are trying to get across anymore, just because we're so used to them. Like, yeah. you're being chased by a thing f- from a fixed camera angle, hold one direction in a linear corridor. It's like mm. I am not in any danger here. As long as I just run and don't stop. Yeah. And that doesn't get my heart rate up or anything like that. I do remember, actually, I didn't play it, of course, but I did watch my friend play The Evil Within. 
And there was a bit at the start where you're chased by, I think, a chainsaw man or some kind of butcher. Again, kind of cliche. Yeah. Uh, but it was a little more open-ended. Like, there wasn't just running a straight line. And it was quite scary because it's like, oh, God, what do I do and where do, where does it want me to go? And it's like, we don't want you to go anywhere. You just need to escape. And it's like, oh, Christ. That, right. was, a, that was a slight twist on the norm that made it a little more scary. Whereas, you know, all games do this. Uncharted constantly has you running away from things at various points and you just hold mm. down and, like, hold, you know, fire your gun or whatever. And, and uh, horror games do it all the time where you've got to run away from stuff. But it doesn't, it doesn't, I suppose, to quote the meme, it doesn't hit right. You know, it doesn't mm. hit right anymore because we're, yeah. we're so used to it. Um, but, yeah, I think we were spoiled because those games were amazing but speaking in a current day sense, the uncanny valley is really tough to cross. Um, those right. older games could get away with being muddy and janky and murky and a little bit rough around the edges because it sort of added to the fear of the unknown because it was yeah. sort of strange looking. It's sort of like how there are lots of videos about how horror films are better on VHS than they are on Blu-ray because it's, it's, it's sort of... It, you know, it, it's crap. It looks rubbish, and it makes it harder to see things. Yeah, in the background distortion. and in the darkness, and yeah, it's just inherently a spookier way to watch horror films. So when you're watching The Thing on Blu-ray, it's not. It's still very good, but it's not quite as good as it was on VHS, which which sounds ridiculous, but it's true. That's true. I've never I've never heard that that point being made, but that is very true. Yeah. So that they had that going for them at least that you know. PS1, Resident Evil 2 PS1 zombies were the scariest thing I had ever seen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, they really were. Resident Evil 2 remake zombies, well, they look like zombies. I've been killing those for 20 years. You know, I'm, mm. not, I'm not overly fussed by them. I still think that game was great, but it removed all tension for me, especially in Resident Evil 3 remake, which, as we've discussed, was a really good remake and a solid game, but it was a remake of a game that just was not as good as Resident Evil 2 was. So inherently, yeah. it wasn't as good of a game. There were no moments in that game where I was scared, ever. Um, right. And I'm not saying that because, you know, I've, I'm really cool and brave and have great hair, you know. I'm saying that because I was able to walk into every room very slowly with a gun. And and my, my sort of peril levels were completely equatable to my ability to shoot zombies with a gun, which I know I'm good at doing. Mm. And I know I can do that. So I was never really frightened. So games sort of do have 20 years, 25 years worth of baggage where they, they're relying on tropes that have been done before so you know what you're, you're coming to expect. Uh, but at the same time, they have to look incredible and they can't be even remotely wonky like Man of Medan. You know, because yeah. if that game came out in the late 90s, everyone would lose their minds about how amazing it was. But mm. now it's just tired and poorly written. And I mean, Resident Evil 1 was poorly written. Oh, but absolutely. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it was good for the time. Whereas now games need to be immaculate. And I think that's really a real challenge. Uh, I still think there's great horror games coming out, but they tend to be smaller indie titles like FNAF that, that try new things. Uh, big budget horror games, they do still come out but they don't really exist anymore like they did in the PS2 and PS1 era. Yeah, I think there's no hard and fast rules in terms of 
you know, as much as I made the point that Resi and Silent Hill are remembered now, not because they were right place, right time, but because they were good quality, there are things about both of those games that weren't so good quality, or certainly, like, looking back on them now, they weren't. Maybe at the time we forgave them for having Jill Sandwich and so on. (laughs) But, uh, you know, so it was a bit of both. I think there definitely was an element of, you know, just being a trailblazer helps. But even if you look at it nowadays as well, I don't think it's enough that... Resident Evil or Silent Hill or any other big name horror franchises have a legacy and therefore whenever the next game comes out they are going to be good and successful like that's not that's not a given they still have to work hard mm. and I think Resi 7 was a terrifying game nothing to do with the fact that it was Resident Evil in fact it wasn't very Resident Evil it was first person there weren't proper zombies in it until the um, end and then it, and until then it the kind end. of went yeah. a bit Resident Evil it did there was like a secret lab and yeah it definitely <laughs> got a bit Resident Evil but you know for the, the real scary bits in the first sort of two thirds it, it wasn't very Resident Evil but it was very scary I I thought um and you know likewise i think with the the resi remakes uh i still there, there are parts of those games that i don't think relied on the uh the originals i think some of the things i loved the most about uh say resident evil 2 remake was like the sound design of the zombies i thought the the noises that, that they made were just horrible that was probably mm. like the worst thing for me almost like in the uh like your first right on the uh, when you walk into the police station, you go down that uh, oh, corridor. Yeah, that you was have to crawl black. under the the barrier that doesn't open properly. Yeah, there's like water. It's like a flooded, pitch black corridor. And for me, there was this uh, lady zombie in there who was always there. She kept seeing me to get back up again every time I went past. Or maybe I didn't have any ammo at the time, and I was having to run past her like four times. And she just happened to be one of the zombies that had like the worst voice ever like it was horrible (laughs) and that corridor quickly became my least favorite in the whole game just because the scary lady lived there and i didn't like it yeah um so yeah i think there's always elements of being the right place at the right time having a good legacy and being of good quality and i think all games have to juggle bits of that you can't rely on any one thing really Mm mm-hmm there's so many cool things that certain games have done over the over the years that have never really come together into a proper experience that I think really need to. And obviously, they, it all goes back to our good friend uh, and best friend of Jeff Keighley, uh, Hideo Kojima, yeah. where he likes to break the fourth wall. Mm. So, you know, the, the, all the dis- out-of-bound discoveries um, about, what's it called, uh, P.T., about yeah, how yeah. is it Lisa? Is, it, is she called Lisa? I can't remember what she's uh, called. I think so. Yeah, spooky lady. Yeah. She's always following you, and that's why you can always hear her, but you never see her until she mm. wants to be seen. Uh, how reportedly, when you leave it paused for long enough, she will just break through the menu and grab you anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all all the really clever stuff in there would have made. I, I, I know everyone laments the loss of what Silent Hills could have been. But there's so much cool stuff in there. Then there's that Steam game that I honestly can't remember the name of um, that was in a recent list that I did on the channel. Right. Uh, where it will... I think you're you're playing some unicorn game or something, but the, the story, the meta story is that the devil or, the, or some sort of demon has hacked into it. And right. it will... Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Co- he's, tra- he's corrupting it while you're playing it's it. Like a- weird art style hasn't it it's like a black and white i think it was a black and white 
side scrolly thing was I it? I think it's a side scrolly thing. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But there's stuff that that game does where it will send you Steam messages pretending to be people from your friends list. <laughs> but it will set while you're playing and it will send you like really unsettling messages like they'll pop up in the corner and it's just stuff like that, especially with the new consoles and and the new things that they can do would be just a whole other level of <laughs> why am I doing this to myself? But it's yeah. stuff that you couldn't do in the 90s that we've been retreading for the past 20 years. And mm. again, that's not to say that there have been no good horror games since then. There have been some great horror games. How Mr. X was realized in Resi 2 Remake was phenomenal. Yeah. So, so good. Um, but there's just so many more things that horror games could do today if if they were sort of in the limelight the way that they used to be which they sadly aren't there's only one or two really big horror franchises that release semi-regularly now mm. yeah yeah that's true oh boy well that was um, our big discussion so yeah, thanks seemingly. for coming everyone <laughs> uh it's time to move on though to a, a smaller discussion mm. about the games that we have been recently playing it's called <laughs> what are we playing <laughs> Whoop, 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 whoop. That's a Borat whoop. impression because Borat's relevant now again. Mm. Have you seen it's the new Borat? No, I've not. Oh, no. it's very good. Is it? I really enjoyed it. It made me laugh quite a lot. Um, uh-huh. Which I don't know. It says a lot about me. I didn't think that Borat impressions ever went out of style. I always <laughs> think it's funny to say my wife, just purely because of how much it annoys people. Sure. My wife, Peter. What is your game? Uh, I've uh, I've played a couple of games a little bit. I've been away for like four days. Um, so in a cabin in the woods. In a cabin in the woods, indeed. I've only had like a couple of days at home since the last uh, podcast was recorded. So uh, not much time to play stuff. However, uh, just before I went away, played a little bit more Crash Four in my own time. Um, nice. Didn't end up streaming it this week because I've had time off, and there's so much to do in these last couple of. That's the problem when you take holiday, isn't it? You just end up working twice as much when you get back you or before you go. Do. Um, so I didn't stream it, but I did play a little bit of it last week in my own time. Just just sort of working my way through, trying to grab some gems and stuff. Um, don't really know how long I'm going to keep playing it. I've not played many of the uh inverted levels still so i've kind of got all of that yet to do um one thing i have done though i think since we last did a podcast i don't think i've talked about this maybe i have is um find all of the oh, i think i have told you this for all of the vhs tapes and play through all of the the levels that are set in 1997 98 nice um so i've completed those and uh, I was hoping there might be a little sort of reward for doing it at the end. There kind of wasn't really. There was um, uh, just a little bit of dialogue that like gave you an idea of, oh, okay, so that's that's sort of how that happened or how that ended. Um, but no sort of... I really hope there might be a little cut scene or something based on the context of what the, the last level is about. But in any case, I enjoyed them all. Um, it's something I really like in the older Crash games, just the uh, the side scrolly bounce on TNTs and workout puzzles and timings and things like that's that's super fun just stuff that's built entirely out of boxes you know no no regular platforms to land on at all mm-hmm. um so that yeah I really enjoyed that but uh the other thing I did play um last week and I played a little bit since I've been back as well is um two point hospital which Ooh. uh was uh, has been super fun we were very kindly um, sent a code for the new Culture Shock DLC, 
um, by Sega um, or the the PR who represent them. I don't know. Uh, and uh, came directly from Sega. Came directly from Sega. Wow, you've got an in at Sega. We've um, got an in, Peter. We I mean, we have, but I mean, you 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 did you did the talking. Wow. Yeah, Thanks. I suppose. Thank you. It was it was all me. It was all you. Um, so that's been super fun. That game's just lovely to play, isn't it? Like, yeah. uh, I, as I said in our quip scope that we did about it, the um, as well as being sent a, a code for the DLC, they very kindly gave us a code for the base game as well because I have not played it. Um, and God, it's just like it's just like Theme Hospital, but in the best way. Like, it's you you're able to jump straight into that game without any sort of tutorial or guide uh if you've played theme hospital to to kind of any any degree um and i think that's a really good thing i don't think it's just a sort of uh rip off or whatever because it's got its own identity it's very much a modern style game you know theme hospital was isometric and you could only uh you know there were like four four camera angles you could flip between um uh, but this game, you know, you've got full 360 camera, you can zoom in and out. It's got this very enjoyable aesthetic. You can place things very specifically at angles and and uh, they don't you don't have to snap things to a grid. So it's all very you can really make the hospital that you want to make. Um and the culture shot DLC is super fun as well. Like, you know, I'm I I got it all in one go. I'm 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 just spoiled for choice as uh, to what to play, but uh <laughs> It's uh, you know, it's it's very clever. It's nice not to just have them, as I said again in the uh, in the quipscope, not not to just have things thrown at you like, uh, here's some more uh, benches, couple more diseases, couple of benches, uh, get those. Here's, in here's like one new room, and that's it. It's not not just all of that, which is great, of course, having all this new stuff to play with, but like themed levels, you know. So there's there's the one with the the actor who's trying to learn how to be a doctor for a, a doctor, like a medical TV show he's going to be in. Um, his and name Derek one, something? Uh, Roderick uh, Cushion. Roderick Cushion, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and the um, the uh, the festival, the, the sort of um, kind of fairground kind of thing with a music venue and burger vans and muddy people and stuff that's super fun uh, i've not got onto the third one yet but that's uh that i'm sure that will be equally interesting but yeah it's nice to have these levels that are very much have their own identity and their own objectives it's not just here's a new hospital might be quite hard because there's going to be like loads of you know uh helicopters bringing in like air air crash victims or whatever like you know you would have that on theme hospital where it's just like yeah halfway through this is going to be like a pandemic or something and you've mm. got to deal with it um but you know those those were things they were they were mechanics you were already used to but they were just being thrown at you in uh in degrees that were hard to deal with whereas these new levels with culture shock are kind of yeah very unique it's not just this is going to be hard it's this is going to be different which is it's fun it's good i love it excellent glad yeah. to hear it what have you been playing, Ben? Well, I've been playing that Spooky Warzone. Spooky Warzone? Spooky Warzone, yes. It's oh. called The Haunting of Verdansk, which is the map that uh, the, the Warzone, Call of Duty Warzone, takes place in, Verdansk. Man of Verdansk. Man of Verdansk, very nice. Uh, mm. Yeah, Spooky Warzone. There's a couple of new timed modes. 
in fact, I think okay. there might be three. One of them, you can only go up in, uh, go into it in teams of three, though, unfortunately, which means our usual team of four couldn't play together, which was a bit of a shame. Uh, but one of them is basically just Warzone at night, which is just sort of a, a twist enough that, that made it kind of interesting and new because it's always daytime whenever you you know you you drop into that map but nighttime was quite a fun twist but it feels like they sort of hacked these modes together which i i do get the impression whenever there's a special mode it's sort of just just hacked together kind of right. roughly because when you go into a building it's the brightest thing in the world like the screen okay. just it's like oh jesus and when you look outside it's pitch black but then as soon as you step outside it's still pitch black for like 3 seconds and then it fades up and it looks so br- so much brighter outside than it did when you were inside so there's it's a little wonky but it's pretty cool and uh, sort of as a base level of spooks for this night mode you will occasionally see ghostly apparitions in windows and like just around you sort of blue specters just appear and then disappear if you go down into the subways there are ghost trains that just go Mmm. And zoom past. Oh my gosh. There's occasionally just spooky noises. When you open, uh, you know, boxes to get guns and stuff out of them, uh, it, it will sometimes explode into sort of confetti and and uh, Halloween colours. And other times, it will actually do a literal jump scare, like a loud spooky jump scare where a ghost oh, apparition gosh. will appear on your screen, full screen, and just go at you. Uh, oh. So that's cool. Haven't had that happen to me yet, which I feel is actually pretty lucky because I didn't know it existed until I read an article about how streamers were being just all terrified of it because it just mm-hmm. happened at random intervals. Uh, the other mode, which is way more fun, is called Zombie Royale, which is what it says when you're dropping in. If you die, nice. you'll come back as a zombie. And uh, he takes it very seriously, even though it's ridiculous. And when you die, you do come back as a zombie. And the the gas outside of the circle doesn't hurt you. You can do a massive jump. Uh, you also have a gas grenade and like an EMP that you can trigger. And your goal when you're a zombie is to collect two sort of... They look like EpiPens on the on the map. They're marked as purple, and they're right. dropped when humans when human players die. And you need two of those, and then you will redeploy as a human. So obviously, as the game goes on, and there's more and more zombies trying to become humans, there's fewer and fewer humans. So it's just this massive. Uh. Zo- as the game you know comes to a close, there's like three humans and about twenty zombies all falling over each other to try and kill them to redeploy because how you win is just being the last human standing essentially or the last team standing so at any time if someone can get two vials they could redeploy and steal the win essentially so it's uh it's a really fun game mode and a nice twist and i'm 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 really enjoying it and again i'm going to be sad when it's gone because they always take away the nice stuff (laughs) yeah yeah, every time. Just when we're starting to enjoy it. So that's really good. The other one is uh, I looked at Mass Effect Andromeda and I thought, no. And I've started Days Gone, finally. Okay. The uh, the sort of pretty good PlayStation right exclusive. Right to Hell Retribution. I keep calling it um, Death Stranding because I keep right. forgetting the name Days Gone because it's not a very good name. No. It's all right. 
Um, mm, it looks all right. I'm enjoying it enough in that I'm engaged and want to play it through to conclusion, and I'll probably go for the platinum as well. Um, it's not up to the standard of a normal, of a of a normal sort of uh, PlayStation exclusive that I would expect. You know, it's not up to the standard I would expect of them. I think Ghost of Tsushima did a much better job with an open world exclusive PlayStation game than this did. Yeah, uh, but that being said, the story is 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 interesting enough. I like the characters and the act. It's really well acted, and there's like a cutscene every blooming five minutes. It just it just keeps cutting back to them. But the problem oh, okay. is is that there's a lot of loading screens, like almost all the time, and when you die, the checkpoints are really unfair. Uh, it's really janky. I've had two missions completely bug out on me and i've googled the mission title and it autofills with glitch um oh, and God. you know takes me back to an article or or a forum post from 200 days ago or 300 days ago and it's like wow so this is still i'm playing a patched a, a multiple patched version you know mm. a, a good year and a bit after it came out and it's still having yeah. these issues um i've fallen through the world i've um i've had areas load with no textures i have fallen off my bike just like sideways slightly and just died because of it um the bike is the heaviest vehicle known to man it controls (laughs) not well um it can be a real pain in the ass so much so that in a in a scripted piece of gameplay for a story mission where you're you can't take control but you're the, the main character deacon saint john cool name uh is is just driving along a path with someone on the back of his motorbike um Mm. when he's going around tight corners because it's scripted just like the worst game that we played yesterday for this week peter at the time of recording the motorbike will slide horizontally sideways to make sure that he can get around the corners smoothly which Uh. if that isn't an indictment of how this game controls from a vehicle's perspective i don't know what is um but yeah it's a world where it's a world of convenience, basically, for the purpose of the plot of this game. Everything seems to be happening from a, you know, it's a global pandemic, this zombie virus, this freaker virus, as they call them. Um, and everything seems to have happened within like a five square kilometer radius. Everything, everything related right. to this worldwide pandemic happened here. Um, so it's all very convenient. For some reason, nobody drives cars and everybody rides the loudest vehicle known to man. Uh, you know, in a world where, it, from yeah. even in a gameplay sense, sound makes a big difference. You know, how loud you are will attract things. Um, mm. But as I said, I am enjoying it and I'm glad that I've finally gotten around to playing it. It's sort of the perfect game to fit in before uh, the next gen consoles get here. Yeah. Um, and I, I and as I said, I am actually enjoying it. I just think there's a lot of stuff that's 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 not up to par with it that I really wish was was better. Um, and the hordes, you know, the thing that they showed off the most where you know, about a hundred different zombies come piling after you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are really impressive and, and they are they are fun. They can be frustrating because when one of them hits you, you go, oh, and you do a big stumble so the next one can hit you and you go, oh, and right. then you just die. And it's like, I don't feel like that's very well balanced because... It basically means you can't get touched, which isn't really how that should work, I don't feel, in a game. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's rough around the edges, and it's still rough around the edges, but uh, I, I will continue to play it, and it's better than Mass Effect Andromeda, I okay. think, anyway. Uh, so there we go. 
and it's also appropriate because it's spooky and also about a pandemic. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If, if anything, that makes it spookier because yeah. it could happen to you. Um, hopefully not. It could. It genuinely um, could. The F fire. Freaker, did you freakers, say they're called? Yes, they call them freakers. freakers. They're coming. 2021 will be the year of the Freaker virus. And we'll all miss 2020, just like we all miss 2016. Remember when everyone died in 2016? Yeah, that all, genuinely happened. It's strange all because celebrities. my uh, my life got better in 2016. Yeah. And and everything else went terrible. So I don't know. I'm mm. sorry, everyone, I suppose. Yeah. Big apologies. We're finally on to question two, I've just noticed. Yes, so, we are. Uh, it's going well. This, we're getting through this podcast super quick, of course, as as always. Uh, would you like to read it, Ben? I certainly would. This is from Odie Lazus, which I'm, I've always pronounced it Odie Lazus, but I don't know if it's Odie Lazus. I think Lazus. I checked this once. I think it is Lazus. It is. Yeah. Okay, well, that's fine then. Hi, Ben and Peter. Odie Lazus here. With us being well and truly in the spookum season, I was wondering what elements you consider to be most important to building effective horror in games. Is it the oppressive uneasiness of facing our own flaws like James Sunderland in Silent Hill 2? Is it the fle- the feeling sorry, of futility in facing a much more powerful foe that is heck-bent of, of destroying you like Ari's Mr. X or Nemesis? Or even just the simple liberal smearing of strawberry jam on the walls that was the MO of Dead Space. We'd love to hear your pro gamer expert opinions. Happy Halloween. And oh my goodness, what's that behind you? No! Ah! Well, uh, Rip Odie Lazus, mm. uh, who I'm assuming has, has passed away there due to Monster. What do you think, Peter? Yeah. What is it that builds spooks for you? Um, I think different games build spooks for me in different ways in their own their own their own effective ways um you know i think i like the idea of silent hill i've never really played through much silent hill i i played silent hill 1 um a fair amount but i've not played any of the others um but i i like the idea that the enemies there are based on people's sort of psychological uh issues or fears or insecurities and things um you know, some games aren't gory like Dead Space and are, are just as spooky as gory games like Dead Space. Um, I think to me, there's probably two things overall, though, that like work the best. I think the overall kind of aesthetic of the 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 game world, I think, works well for me, which I think is partly why I loved Little Nightmares so much, because I think it was just so... It's like the whole game had that kind of... Um, children's children's voices singing in an empty nursery with the lights off, kind yeah, of spook. Yeah. You know that that it, you know, it wasn't big monsters. It well, I mean, it did have big horrible monsters in it, but the overall vibe of the thing was just this sort of no, 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 no. you know all that kind of vibe. Um, uh, and also, I think it says a lot that. Resi 4, which is one of my not only one of my favorite horror games of all time, but one of my favorite games ever, I think. Um, I loved it more in the first and second areas uh, compared to the third. Um, and without spoiling it too much for you, Ben, because I know you're thinking of eventually playing it properly. Mm. Um, the third area is... I don't know. It's just a bit more... Um, it's it's a bit more 
Resident Evil 4, 5, 6, if you see what I mean. It's a bit more action-driven. Okay. There's, like, people with guns um, and weapons, and there's a lot of, like, uh, explosions and things. Whereas the first area is the very creepy village. The second area is a creepy castle. Uh, not as creepy as the village, I don't think. But, you know, I think the reason that I love the village so much is... Um, it's just so eerie, and you even get the idea, get get the feeling that if I got really, really lost on holiday in my hire car up some mountain somewhere, I could actually end up here. And uh, I really like the idea that the 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 quote unquote zombies in that game aren't zombies at all. They're just kind of they're they're people who are mad. Mm-hmm. I know it's because they've got a parasite in their head that was like put in there, but ultimately they're just these people who are clever enough to actually work together. You know, I think um, one of the first lists I did on Triple Jump, in fact, the first list I did, I think, was uh, like the scariest Resident Evil monsters or moments or something. And I gave I gave a, a fairly high rank in the list just to, I think, the village in general. And uh, some people might say, I mean, what, compared to the rest of the Resident Evil series, that's just some people in a village. Why is that so scary to you? But um, there's this shot where uh, when you first get to the, 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 the main village fight at the beginning that me and you played on uh, on a rules boss once, mm-hmm. um, Leon barricades himself inside a house and there's this very fleeting shot. The camera's like focused on him and just in your periphery, if you look, there's a window in this building and you see two zombies run well they're not zombies two ganados run past carrying a ladder together and that like scared me so much when i played this the first time because i thought oh my god these aren't just like two 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 umbrella zombies can't carry a ladder together they can't work together in that way um but it shows like all these villagers outside like talking to each other and they're working together they're putting a ladder up the window and i was like oh man this is like a whole different thing these are these are just like actually quite clever people uh, who can come at you. They're not just like mind, literally mindless zombies. Mm-hmm. So I think that definitely uh, has an effect for sure. Um, so yeah, the just the the overall the overall vibe of a, of an area of a game world, I think, and uh, the sort of implications of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I've just written silence. Oh. Okay. Like walking through an area that's just completely silent mm-hmm. with limited ambient noise, maybe just your footsteps and yeah. no music. Because for me it's the it's the fear of the unknown that mm-hmm. that is scariest to me in a game. Fallout has has successfully pulled off some quite scary moments for me when you're exploring, especially some of the spookier buildings. Uh, yeah. when you're exploring some of these buildings and it's just quiet. You know, there's no when there's when music is happening in games, you know something is about to happen. Sort of like yeah. a, the violins, like like you know, you know something's about to happen. When something is running at you, you know something is happening. It might initially be spooky that something has appeared out of nowhere and started running at you, mm. but you are aware that you are not alone, and you can presumably shoot it or run away. You know, walking through an area in a game where it's dark and completely quiet is for me just the just the spookiest thing right i yeah. find it so 
unnerving, you know, just to be completely isolated like that in a game. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two did it a couple of times mm, where it yeah. was just quiet. There was no music. Ellie wasn't quipping to herself. Um, you were in some really horrible, frightening place. There were no enemies and the game didn't do anything. Like there was no jump scare and it was j- yeah. it just did that to mess with you and to play with your uh, with your expectations because you were on edge like something is going to happen this is uncomfortable and i am nervous and scared and mm. and then nothing happened and i thought that was just so brilliant and so many games can do that and have done that that for me successfully building effective horror in games comes down to its use of almost nothing basically the the yeah. lack of a of a horror stimuli is sometimes scarier than having a zombie there. Um, yeah, so for me, yeah, absolutely. silence. Just, just, just the lack of sound and music makes a huge difference in in those kinds of games. Yeah, I what I really that's, that's just reminded me maybe the thing that I actually like the most or or hate the most in a way uh, with horror games is I can think of several examples that are probably my favorite moments in their respective games, which is. Um, suggestions from npcs that what you're about to experience they've already experienced it and they are completely messed up by it Mm -hmm. so there's actually a scare one of the uh levels in halo is deliberately uh done in a way that's meant to be spooky it's when the flood is first introduced which is again a parasitic uh zombie making uh thing um and you walk into this area there's like blood everywhere and there's all these dead uh dead enemies and dead humans and you walk around this corner and suddenly you start getting shot and you're like what what's happening and it's the sound of it's a it's a human weapon it's a pistol and there's this guy who's got his back up against the wall he's like lying down on the floor and he's shooting you and he's going Oh, stay back. You're not going to turn me into one of those things. No, stop it. Stop, stay away. And he's shooting you and you can either just sort of like walk past him or you can put him out of his misery but uh and that whole thing you know it's like um the woman with the pram in BioShock and you can just see her shadow mm-hmm. and she's like talking to her talking to her pram which is actually a a gun in the pram the biggest that, gun I've ever seen yeah an enormous gun um and just seeing her sort of clearly out of her mind and knowing that like whatever this place is that I found myself in. It is not good. Um, and I think maybe the one that got me the worst out of any game was in the opening of uh, Dead Space. You arrive on this mining, orbital mining station in, in in space. I guess you've probably not played Dead Space. No, um, I'm familiar with the opening of it, though. Yeah. Uh, and it's very atmospheric. I don't think you've yet come across any enemies maybe you have at that point but it's it's very early on and it, in just like the the um the bioshock lady you round this corner and lit up against the wall is the shadow of someone who you can't see but you can see their their shadow on the wall and as you approach there's this like regular clonking sound just this bonk 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 and you notice that the shadow is like rocking back and forth in time with the with the bonk. And when you get up to the source of the shadow, it's just this guy banging his head against the wall, like bang, bang. His head's all like bloody. And then when you step up to a certain trigger point, he does this like one last smack and just 
tops himself by smashing his face into this wall. Right. Uh, and it's like, wow, okay, what has happened here that this man has just done that to himself? What what am I walking into? And it's that whole, it's building that tension. It's not, it's not giving you the zombie. It's not giving you the monster. It's saying, these people have seen the monster that you're about to encounter for the next six to eight hours. And this is what they are doing to themselves. So uh, there you go. Enjoy. Hope you hope you have fun. Yeah. Um, I really love that that kind of tension building. Um, yeah. So uh, I mean, it's a bit of a weird thing to do, really. Bang your head against the wall until you until you're dead. It is. Uh, that's unusual. I would say it's, it's very unusual and strange. Um, maybe maybe we should do something weird and strange and unusual too. You reckon? What about um? Yeah. What about uh, spooky weird news? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's weird news time. Welcome, everyone, to weird news. Peter, have you got some weird spooky news for me? It's or not, just weird news? Yeah, it's not spooky. I mean, it, maybe it's a bit spooky for the implications, um, but it's it's something that we already kind of know is a problem. Uh, this is from PCGamer.com, mm-hmm. uh, written by Sean Prescott, um, who says, Wasteland 3 was almost banned in Australia due to, quote, Rocky Mountain Moose Grass. Okay. Okay. Uh, subtitle uh, says, but the offending marijuana stand-in was eventually removed for everyone. Hmm. Okay. Right. Wasteland 3 is a game with swearing parrots, cyborg chickens, a goat cannon, and lots of other perfectly sensible post-apocalyptic phenomena. It was also going to be a game with Rocky Mountain Moose Grass in it, which is exactly as sus as it sounds. It was basically marijuana. 
No big deal, you say, but it was a big deal for the Australian Classification Board, which initially banned the game due to its presence. As reported by Kotaku, the Australian Classification Board's... Uh, this is uh, Kotaku Australia, by the way, if, if you click the link. I don't think it's been uh, posted on the global site. Uh... Uh, as reported by Kotaku, the Australian Classification Board's annual report has lifted the lid on why Wasteland 3 was refused classification and then later granted an R18 plus rating back in February. By now, you probably know why. It's because in an early build, you could smoke Rocky Mountain Moosegrass for a temporary skill buff. <laughs> Specifically, it granted an increased 2% strike rate for 350 seconds. And of course, there were weed jokes attached to its item description. <clears throat> Excuse me. According to the... Uh, ACB's report, Rocky Mountain Moosegrass was not allowed due to the game's uh, uh, due to the game's 1A clause, which forbids any game that depict express or otherwise deal with matters of sex, drug misuse or addiction, crime, cruelty, violence, or revolting or abhorrent phenomena in such no. a way that they offend against the standards of morality, decency, and propriety, propriety <laughs> uh, generally accepted by reasonable adults to the extent that they should not be classified. Wow. That's... Uh... Yeah, that sounds like the, an overstep just a bit. Yeah, the fact how... that it requires reasonable adults to identify what reasonable adults shouldn't be allowed to have is... Uh, yeah, it reasonable like adults. God, just, it's not moral, decent, or proper. Uh, so that's what the game was initially banned in Australia for, and that's why no one gets to smoke Rocky Mountain Moosegrass anywhere in the world, because it was removed from all versions of the game to appease Antipodean sensibilities. It's a bit silly, and the board seems to agree. Um, it's it's barracking for video... I've never seen that word in my life. Barracking. Oh. What does that mean? It's spelt the same way as Barack Obama. Uh... Provide provide soldiers with accommodation in a building or set of buildings. Oh, barracking. <laughs> oh, because uh, Urban Dictionary has a very different definition of barracking. Right. I just didn't recognize the, the barrack bit in there because I've never seen it with I-N-G at the end. So I just thought it was right. pronounced barracking rather than barracking. But okay. It's barracking for video game classifications to be treated under the same umbrella as films. And it's perfectly okay to smoke weed in movies, says Sean Prescott. So that's that. Basically, the game had uh, its Rocky Mountain moosegrass removed from all versions because of um, Australia. The Australian Classification Board saying... Australia! It's, you know, reasonable adults don't consider that to be of, you know, a sufficient level of decency and propriety and morality. So, uh, there you go. That's For goodness sake. That's the spooky bit, is the implication that this kind of thing can happen. Yeah, that is spooky. How mm. weird. Uh, my story comes from Polygon.com. Okay. And once again, we'll repeat it the second week in a row. Whoa, oh my goodness. Second week in a row. Second week in a row. Yeah. Um, Kotaku's website, what have they done? I don't you know. You simply cannot browse their news anymore. It's just not possible. They've completely redesigned it, and it's awful. Yeah. It's so bad. Um, anyway, this is from Polygon. The closest we'll get to a new Silent Hill right now is World of Tanks. 
Okay. Is the headline. Wargaming's free-to-play combat MMO, World of Tanks, is leaning hard into Halloween this year by collaborating with two of the original creators of the Silent Hill series, artist and monster designer Masahiro Ito and musician Akira Yamaoka. Uh, while we sit on our hands waiting for that long-rumoured Silent Hill reboot or for Konami to do something, anything, with the franchise, World of Tanks is our current best option for otherworldly horror vibes. Oh. World of Tanks Halloween event includes a PvE cooperative mode in which players will battle armoured monster tanks of a mystery origin as a team <laughs> of five. In the mysterious town of Myrny 13, or Myrny 13 perhaps, players will need to battle waves of enemy forces, collect a resource called Mir Miriam, and that's my grandma's name, it's not, and deliver it to the structure known as Magnus. Surviving players will then be transported to a parallel dimension where an increasingly thick fog will envelop the town. Oh, it sounds Hill. familiar, doesn't it? Mm. The event will include new 3D skins that players can purchase, which have been designed by Masahiro Ito, the creator of Silent Hill's iconic Pyramid Head. Mm. Those tank skins are rusted and smothered in barbed wire and otherwise pretty Silent Hilly. Akira Yamaoka, responsible for the Silent Hill series' signature soundtracks, wrote a hauntingly ambient track that plays in the event hangar, according to Wargaming. Uh, and then it just says, watch the video below for more info. So there you go. You want some Silent Hill? Time to log into World of Tanks, my dude. <laughs> wow. How unexpected. Yeah, it's a strange team up, but uh, World, of, World of Tanks has FU money. Yeah. They really do. Like, they do. It's disgustingly... The the creator of that game is disgustingly wealthy. It's obscene. Aren't they also a disgusting person as well? Or is that am I, I disparaging don't, a? I don't know that they're a disgusting person. Um, I do. I do. I, I don't. I don't think I'm allowed to say anything. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think they've done any. Ubisoft esque stuff that I'm aware of. Oh no, no, absolutely not. No, I just, uh, I don't know. I thought I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think we can get into it. I think it gets quite, quite into liability territory. Sure. Um, Maybe. But yeah, let's just this, say obscenely <laughs> wealthy, obscenely wealthy, mm. uh, and and we'll leave it at that. I don't yeah. think we need to cut it out. I think it's just everyone should be aware of just how wealthy <laughs> these people are. Very wealthy. Very wealthy. So much so that they managed to get two of the uh, of video game's greatest creatives mm. to provide something to a tank game yeah. that's free to play. So there we are. Uh, that's my weird news. Let's move on to another question, Peter. Let's. Yeah, this is question three from Duncan Duncan's Wilson. Thank mm -hmm. you, Duncan's Wilson. Always Thank providing you. good questions to the podcast is Duncan's Wilson. Yeah, Duncan's Wilson is always appearing. What a great Wilson. What a great Wilson. Dear Bunyip Ben and Poltergeist Peter, I'm no fan of survival horror games, and even the clickers in The Last of Us send my anxiety levels beyond safety parameters. Uh, I'm much more a fan of the silly spook games like Luigi's Mansion, are there any spooky but not terrifying games that you enjoy? Many thank, and have a lovely All Saints Day. That bit, the day after All Hallows Eve, for everyone that forgets about. That's not what it says. No, that's not. What? That, that bit, the day after All Hallows Eve, that everyone forgets about. Okay. I don't really know why it says that bit at the start. That really threw me off. That bit, comma. That bit, all, comma. All Saints Day is when we all listen to All Saints. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I can't no, remember any of their songs <laughs> at all. Uh, yeah. But there we go. Did Girls Aloud? They're the same ones, aren't they? They're the same people. Probably Atomic Sugar Kitten, Babes. Yeah. Sugar Babes, Atomic Kitten, All Saints, Girls Aloud. Um, there's the, 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 the Saturdays, cause. The Cause. The Cause? The Cause. Bewitched. Are they, in that, are they in that group? Would you put them in that group? No, not really. They're, I wouldn't they're put them in that group. Like um, Irish people. What's the one songs? What's the other ones where it's got that girl from the Saturdays in it and they're another band now, but they also do loads of presenting. They're on loads of different things. What are they called? Uh oh, Christ. Oh, oh yeah. A little mix. That's not Little Mix, a, that's not it. Got a girl from the Saturdays in it, I don't think. Yeah, but they oh, do, is it do not? a lot of presenting. Okay, yeah. yeah, little mix. They're all the same. All their music is the same music. Hearsay. I'm, I think Hearsay. <laughs> they're all the same band. Hmm. I don't think I've never seen them in the same room. No, you're right. So I'm convinced they're all the same person. Just I mean, one Sugar person. Babes isn't Sugar Babes like um, Trigger's broom uh, to to coin a phrase that will only mean something to some people? Yeah, not where me. None of them, none of the original members exist anymore. I don't mean they're all dead, but right, they're not in the band. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly, think... it's never really been something I'm bothered about. I'm pretty sure Sugar Babes now no longer has an original member of Sugar Babes in it, but they're still oh, called no. Sugar Babes. Well, um, aren't they now the Honey Babes because they can't put sugar, they can't put sugar in it. Yeah, know? just like the cereal, they had to take it out, so now it's just honey, mm. honey jackets, little, little little linears of wheat dressed His... in little honey jackets. Shut up, Timothy, and eat your honey cereal. Mm. Um, what are we? What's happening? I mean, I'm I'm googling sugar babes. Okay. To, to, I'm sure there's like an actual table on. Yeah, there is. There is. <laughs> there's a graphic on the Wikipedia page <laughs> to show who is and isn't still a member of is, sugar babes. Is there a line graph that shows the sort of correlation and causation of like <laughs> reducing members of official original sugar babes versus quality of music or frequency of music? Yeah. Oh think- wow! Look at that. Yeah, they're all gone, aren't they? Well, they're all back now in 2020. Look, they've the, they? the original Sugar Babes oh, yeah. have reunited at the very end of that graph. But so, towards, yeah, towards we... 2012, it was a completely different band. So we started off in Sh- with Siobhan Donaghy, M- Mutia Buena, and Keisha Buchanan. 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 And then, yeah, you're right. By 2010, we had Jade Ewan, Amel, but... Bereba. Bereba and Heidi Range. But now, in this, the cursed year, the original lineup have returned. And uh, I don't know what this means, but no. I don't think it's good. Um, So, uh, spooky horror. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, what? All Saints. That's how we got into that. That's so, the one, yeah. Uh, I really like Goosebumps Escape from Horrorland on PC. It's okay. a really good game. Um, I actually saw a really in-depth write-up that someone did about that game fairly recently. Um, it's known to some people as the 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 Goosebumps game with Jeff Goldblum in it. Oh you know? yeah, I know it from that. Yeah, it's got lots of live-action um, like recordings in it. It's one of those games where you know you move from move around the world and it just plays different different clips using live-action. Actors mm. and actresses, um, but interestingly, in this big write-up I saw, and I'm afraid I can't provide citation because it was a few weeks ago now. Um, it said that it was the first. I think it said it was the first 
Uh, computer game to feature. Oh, I've no, I oh, I don't no. know where to I'm going with Jeff this Goldblum. now. To feature Jeff Goldblum. Well, I'll pretend that that's where I was going with that sentence. Okay, because I've now forgotten what it was. Some it was cut. It had some kind of cutting edge. This game, and I right. don't remember what it was. Was but it anyway. geese and or bumps? Uh, yeah, pro- it was the first game to have geese, bumps, and Jeff Goldblum in it. What would a you believe? Wow, amazing. Um, but that's a super fun game. Uh, obviously, it's sort of aimed at young teens, so it's not very spooky. But there are actually a couple of moments in it that are genuinely quite scary because um, the costumes are uh, are really good in it. So, mm. you know, graphically, you're looking at real stuff. It's not, despite the fact that it came out in the late 90s, it's not all bitty and terrible and pixely and just textures and sprites it's it's live action so you've got some really good practical effects being used in it they used green screen they used an animatronic werewolf um which is very impressive there's actually footage of them filming that on online if you if you have a look so it's silly and the acting in it is a bit bad and sometimes they flub their line but they just sort of carried on filming which is fine um but it's a lot of fun and if it was easy to get working on on PC nowadays then i would absolutely play it on stream but it's not easy i still have my copy it's a two disc game whoa two discs yeah um and i guess if i got like a a, a windows 98 emulator going i might be able to to get it working but oh, it's just difficult isn't it it's yeah, difficult that's a faff that's a faff fnaf um <laughs> So there's that. I mean, I don't know if that really counts as spooky but not terrifying, given that it's it's aimed at 13-year-olds. But, yeah, I love that game. I think it does. Yeah. I think it does. I went a slightly different route, and I picked games that are sort of not aimed at children hmm. but do have spooky moments in them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so The Order 1886. Mm-hmm which came out early in the PS4's life cycle, was critically maligned. I thought it was fun and I liked the story. So there, uh, there's a bit in it where you have to drop down into the basement of an abandoned hospital. And the one thing that no one can disagree with about that game is that it was beautiful. Like It's a gorgeous mm. game, really good looking game. Wonderful world. Yeah, really interesting. Set in ye olde London times, sort of yeah. Victorian era. You're part of a, an elite force of sort of lichen hunters you know the round that, table exactly yeah that's sort of uh, a spiritual success to the round table a long lineage of, of hunters and warriors um and you know what's his name tesla's in it and stuff it's really cool alternate history sort of setting and at one point you're going through an abandoned victorian hospital uh, after hearing reports of some werewolf boys in there and you have to drop down into a basement and you look down there and you do have to drop down because the staircase is gone. So there's no way back out. It's covered in broken glass and blood. And it, it was just like, I really, really, really don't want to go down there. Please don't make me go down there. You drop down there, you got your crappy little lantern mm-hmm. and, your, and your Victorian alternate history pistol. And you're just walking through this spooky basement. And uh, I remember that being quite quite impressively scary that moment um obviously i've spoken before about how final fantasy 7 has several really unnerving and quite uh, you know unsettling moments in it yeah beyond the uh terrifying opening cutscene <laughs> where the flower girl looks at the green lights 
Uh, and, and finally, the, the last one I've got down here is Metro Last Light. Oh, yeah. Which I really enjoyed. I didn't play the original Metro. And then obviously last year I played Metro Exodus and I really didn't think much of it at all. Uh, but Last Light I really enjoyed on PS3. And there's a couple of moments where you're just chucked into a pitch black tunnel with your lighter and that's it. And, you know, this is a world where mutated sort of humanoid creatures and giant spiders and other scary things exist. And that there's several moments like that with jump scares included that uh, that were very spooky. And I know that game isn't exactly the most jovial and enjoyable of games from a from a levity standpoint, but um, it certainly sort of delved really deep into horror at times. And it, I thought it was very effective and really good. Yeah, I also I wrote down Limbo, the the Ooh, side scrolling. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought that was, um, you know, would you call it? Would you call it a horror game? I mean, it's certainly very it's macabre unsettling. and yeah. unsettling and sort of gothic. And there's kind of people hanging from nooses and like crows and spiders and things like that. So mm-hmm. it's definitely a creepy game. Um, I love that game so much. It's so atmospheric. I've not played it in a long time, actually. It makes me want to play it again now, just talking about it. Me neither. Um, I never got round to playing Inside for my sins. I know that it's like really acclaimed by critics and and, uh, plebs alike. Um, And uh, I think it came out sort of at the time when I hadn't yet got myself um, a PS4. And I, I sort of never never just never really got around to it like there was a period between having a 360 and a ps4 where i had nothing basically mm-hmm. and uh was just playing stuff on pc and uh so i kind of missed it at the time and then uh yeah just I never really never really thought oh now's the time to play inside but that looks equally great um but yeah limbo i just think is fantastic and i was really sad when i finished it and i was hoping there'd be more and i kind of knew that they wouldn't do a limbo too but uh, that's sort of what Inside was kind of based on, or you know, it's a similar. It's very similar, similar yeah, yeah, very similar concept. So, yeah, I think that's a super spooky game, and I don't just mean the giant spider. Like, I'm not super arachnophobic, um, so that didn't bother me too much. But just the whole vibe of the thing. Mm. Um, again, it, it's more just the sort of the atmosphere and seeing things almost in the background while you're making your way through. Like I say, there's sort of bodies hanging up, and there's uh, just yeah horrible things everywhere you look um yeah, yeah. and sometimes so, no music as well again yeah. which really adds the tension when you've got this massive freakishly animated spider silhouette chasing you and there's no fanfare it's just like this is it this is normal yeah. this is what you can expect from this game this isn't even a big moment well, mm. oh god and the way it ends as well like spoilers for a game that's however many years old you find yourself back where you started you like fall through this thing and it's like gravity seems to flip a different way and stuff and then you land and you're like oh hang on this is where i woke up at the beginning of the game and i just stuck in the uh, stuck in limbo i guess yeah just realized that's why it's called limbo oh there we are yeah, yeah. It, it really messes with you the, there's lots of fun theories and stuff mm. surrounding that game great game yeah i haven't thought about that game for a long time yeah love that game right peter it's time to move on to something big huge, huge. in fact Massive. It, it's it's the the big discussion. Big discussion. 
It's time for the big discussion, everybody. Big discussion time this week. The big discussion comes from Philip Bleed. That's <laughs> <laughs> Philip Reed, of course. Philip Reed. Uh, Silent Hill confronts each game's protagonist with monsters that embody his or her fears, regrets, and insecurities. Good news! I've butchered you both a week-long trip there. Describe the monsters and obstacles that each of you would encounter. Oh, horrible. Um, okay, well, maybe we should we should list our list our fears to each other, mm. our insecurities, our regrets, and collectively come up with a a silent Silent Hill hell, a silent hell for each other. Um, okay. As it, as a as a team, um, sounds good. I mean, I, in terms of actual just fear, fears, not kind of conceptual metaphysical fears, but just things I'm genuinely afraid of. Hate snakes. Um, don't I don't often come into contact with an octopus, but I really don't like the idea of an octopus being in the room. Mm-hmm. If there was an octopus on the floor in here, even if it was like in the corner. I would be losing my mind because they're just so weird and right. bl- blobby and horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I think I, I fear. Um, I don't like change, or I don't like. I think I get very attached to sort of the good old days or the good current days, and I don't like the idea that things are going to change and I'm no longer going to be able to, you know, for example spend time with certain people in my life mm-hmm. or uh you know that one day when i'm 40 or 50 maybe i won't be in this job anymore or you know where am i going to end up living maybe i'm going to have to move to the other side of the country for for work reasons or for whatever reasons you know i don't mm-hmm. like change um that really gets to me okay um I wonder if I've got any regrets as well. I'm trying to think about that. What about you? What are some of your fears, real and non-real? Well, I I don't I didn't like school. I don't know anyone that liked school. Mm. But I think a, a sort of setting in a school would would bring back not you know, I wasn't I wasn't bullied and I didn't have a horrible time. It's just some a place that I really have no you know, have no uh, fond memories of. Yeah, and just don't don't want to go back there. Um, maybe the NHS building I worked in for two years is also a source of of mm. horror to me. Uh, being being stuck and stranded at a you know at a at a job that you don't enjoy, or you know feeling like your life is stuck while every every everyone around you is moving on and and moving away and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, probably a, a healthy, healthy sprinkling of sort of uh, socially awkward moments where I've put my foot in my mouth. Of course, uh, yeah, I've got or, those. Or like you know, romantic failings and stuff in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just a healthy mixture of the stuff that I think all people really have. But I'd probably be chased by fast food monsters. I think. Oh God! Yeah. Yeah. Um- why? In what way? Because surely sort of you like fast food. Demonic kernel, right? You know, just a big chicken. It's like it was a dead chicken. It then yeah. got covered in the special recipe, mm-hmm. and now it's alive again, and it's it's running at you. Maybe that's my pyramid head. It's coming for me, and it's gonna. Tr- it wants to serve me up, mm. like in Little Nightmares. 
yeah. where the people are eating all the food and it's going to serve me up people. to a bigger chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you man. should have an octopus man as your pyramid oh. head, or an octopus woman. Yeah. Um, just a maybe, big, frightening, blobby man. Maybe its tentacles have have snake heads at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like cobras. M- Medusa. I hate cobras the worst. Like, why do they have that? It's just the hood creeps me out even more than yeah. any other snake. I don't know why they have the little hood on their head. Stop it. I don't think have that. While you're waking you're making your way around your 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 particular environment, which we've yet to decide, there should mm. be just snake hisses almost constantly. Oh, or just God. every so often just loud snake hisses coming from I, behind um, doors. I, I think in terms of environment, when you said the office building that you worked at, that kind of made me think like something that where I feel so out of my depth. It's not just that I find it boring or don't like it, but I feel like I don't belong here. I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to look like some kind of outsider idiot mm-hmm. is just a corporate environment. I did work okay. experience in a in like a call center for a hotel supplier like oh, they that's provide a bad work experience oh it was so bad like my dad my dad worked there but he was he didn't work in the call center he was like on kind of he was like in management and stuff and so i think he i think in fact i think he was in hr um so he quite enjoyed that job like he used to he used to do hr with people and he was also in charge of like planning events and he they they apparently had like quite a nice budget for taking people to team building events and stuff and they would go like to Europe and do like fun stuff. So he he used to talk about how it was a great place to work and it was like, "Oh, that sounds really good." Like, you know, you spend all your time, you know, trying to help people feel happier about their job. They come to you with their problems and you t- you give them advice. And then the other time you spend is planning jollies off to Germany or whatever. Um, and then he was like, okay, yeah, if you want to come do some work experience, that's great. And I think he he also thought that I would be able to see different departments. And then I just kind of ended up in a call center going, hey, yeah, uh, you, you want you want some soap, some little mini soaps for your hotel? Cool. I'll sort some of those out for you. In fact, I didn't end up doing any of that. I just sat there with a second headset listening to other people on the phone. Like I didn't do any work. Uh, I think I just filled in some spreadsheets and shredded some papers, but nice. God, I, this is, I mean, it's, it's not a good blanket rule to have, but just to cover all bases, I kind of tell myself that I never, ever want to work in a job where I have to wear a tie or a suit. Um, because any, any job where I have to wear a suit or a, even a, just a shirt, a nice shirt is probably in the kind of environment where I feel so out of my depth. I don't understand what targets are i don't know what sales means i don't oh god it's just jargon and horrible oh oh just the thought of it is just it makes my skin crawl just the the language that's used there and the mentality that people have so so you'd be I'd in be an office building then in an office building with like some sort of snake octopus snake octopus. yeah chasing you down and just gesturing with its snake arms at charts Mm. and threatening me that if I don't hit the target on the chart, that something I like at the moment will go away and yes. I will never have it back. Targets. So oh, no, targets. That sounds the worst. <laughs> so, well, there we are. I think we've, we've sort of invented our own Silent Hills there. I'm in a school. You're in an office building. 
I'm being a... giant chicken that's teaching you lessons, making you maybe come up to the front in front of a whole oh, classroom God. full of previous lovers. Yeah. Uh, you've got to do something and you do a socially awkward thing and then the chicken says, if you don't get this right, I'm going to serve you up to a bigger chicken. Yeah. Also, I think a whole a whole classroom, that's a bit of a... I don't think I could fill up a classroom. <laughs> of, of ex-lovers, maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Uh, a small tutorial. Yeah, maybe a bathroom, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Um, right. Yeah, that that would be that would be awful, genuinely awful. All if anyone wants to submit bits. art of Ben and I in our respective horrible scenarios, <laughs> that, that <laughs> oh, would be great. a wonderful Halloween present present for us both. Tangible, tangible, <laughs> consumable evidence of my worst fears. <laughs> yeah, all all in one. Fantastic. Well, there we go. We've made it to the end of this spooky spooky triple jump podcast thank you so much for listening uh let us know what you thought of the things we discussed today you can do that via the usual channels but just in case you can't remember peter's gonna tell you everywhere we are at team triple jump we're on youtube and twitch doing content that's youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump when we're streaming on both of those channels we're modded by lord brotovich cecil prumps madstodactyl and trowling badger thank you mods we've got social media twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump luke eldon looks after facebook thank you luke We've got a Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Lots of rewards there. You can ask questions on this very podcast. You can get worst games ever two days early. You can get exclusive merch and other things. And wow, it's great. Check it out. We've got a Discord, bit.ly forward slash team triple jump. That's modded by Jack and Joe. Thank you, Discord mods. Uh, The podcast, if you are watching on YouTube, is available in audio form by going to play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. The website is tripleju.mup. That's tripleju.mp. We've got the shop there. We've got um, we've got our a link to our mods. Uh, sorry, our vods channel, not our mods channel, which is <laughs> tripleju.mup forward slash vods. Um, we've got a careers tab there, which occasionally is populated with job postings. Not right now, but keep an eye out. You never know when when it's going to pop up again. <laughs> And uh, speaking of the VODs, thank you, as always, to Pat for editing some weekly highlights of our streams. Definitely. You can follow Peter on Instagram at that Peter Austin and on Twitter at that Peter Austin. Just me on Twitter at confused underscore dude. Uh, lists every Tuesday and Thursday. Streams every Monday, Thursday and Friday. Thursday being the joint stream on YouTube. Monday and Friday being the solo streams on Twitch, that's the name of it, isn't it? Uh, Worst Games Ever is fortnightly Friday for patrons of a certain tier. Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday. And then we do we do other shows once every other week. So there. Uh, leave a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Now, this week is a Worst Games Ever week. So there is an episode that will be going up tomorrow for those of you who do not support us at the uh, appropriate tier on Patreon. Please do consider going there, though, and supporting us. It means a lot, and it helps a lot, too. Indeed. Oh, just enough time to go through the spooky sponsor one more one more time. It's the Xbox Series X, the spooky Halloween console edition, console edition, limited edition that makes the sound of one of your ex-partners when you turn it on or when you eject a disc. It's awful, and you can buy it now. 
sounds, sounds so bad. Terrible. Well, it's probably it's probably one of those in your classroom. I think. No, I don't want it. I don't want that. <laughs> okay, we're going now. Have a safe and happy Halloween, everyone, and we will speak to you again next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.